The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go, don't you? Okay, welcome once again to Dunn's Deal. This is the place where I do the dealing and I deal them fairly. So... Can we hear? I guess I'm on. This is normal. Okay, so there was a lot of great stuff in the news this week, and um, you know it was there. There was just so much going on. So much stuff came out. Actually, there was a lot of truth. Did you hear about the Durham report at the beginning of the week? And when it first dropped, you know, I I wasn't that impressed by it because it's about three years too late. Should have come out well before the election uh, because there was just so much dynamite to it. So much stuff in there that, that was important. But it was ignored by by the, the the news media or this this drop when it came out. I've got this story here from Breitbart. Durham report exonerates Trump, vindicating him on Russian collusion hoax seven years later. Like I said. <laughs> It needed to come out three years ago, four years ago. I don't know what took him so long. Uh, the, he was meticulous about it, crossed all the the T's, dotted his I's, or maybe he dotted his T's and crossed his I's. But um, when, when it first came out at the beginning of this week, even though there was so much great stuff in it, it's like... You know, what good is it now? We knew that Trump was being lied about. We knew that it was a hoax the whole time. But um, the the more I look about it, the more I hear about this, the better it is. Even even late, better late than never, I guess. It's still good stuff. So, Special Counsel John Durham's final report, while it did not recommend any new charges, exonerated former President Donald Trump of any Russian collusion and vindicated his claims of being targeted as a politicized federal law, uh, being targeted by a politicized federal law enforcement agency. And there's a lot more information on federal law agencies, can you say the FBI, um, being weaponized and attacking attacking citizens and misusing their power. But that's second half of the show. Oh, one thing that the Durham report does show is at this rate, the only ones not involved in the Russia-Trump collusion were Russia and Trump. Uh, bada boom. I can steal a million of them. Trump said, it's a great vindication and it feels good. And the report has, has been wildly praised. I wish it would have come faster, but the detail that he went into... 308 pages, the details extraordinary, and all of these people, I guess you could call it treason. You could call it a lot of different things, but this should never be allowed to happen in our country, Trump said in a recent interview with Newsmax. 
Durham's report confirmed that the FBI launched a politically motivated witch hunt against Trump, using the flimsiest of pretexts to swiftly launch an investigation into him, while ignoring intelligence that the Clinton's campaign uh, plan to accuse Trump of colluding with Russia to distract from her own private server roles. Remember that? She had 33,000 emails that were subpoenaed by the FBI. And, you know, it's against the law to ignore a subpoena. But you can do that if you're a Clinton or if you're a Democrat. And, of course, she, she bleached them. She used bleach bit. To uh, to clean her uh, her servers, and when she was asked about it in a press conference, she just says, "Oh, oh you know, just wiped it clean." <laughs> and Comey let her off the hook on this, while he persecuted Donald Trump. He and the FBI persecuted Donald Trump for four years. And can you say Mueller investigation? Uh, can you say impeachment number one and impeachment number two? It's incredible. Oh, <laughs> uh, the FBI dropped four investigations against the Clintons. Kind of like how they ignored Hunter Biden's laptop because that would have proved that <laughs> that Joe Biden uh was taking bribes from oh Ukraine and uh China and we just found out uh was a week or two ago now that Biden is taking money from um from Romania as well oh he did take uh money from Romania Let's see. The report also confirmed that the FBI was spying on Trump, as he once alleged. Remember, the New York Times and <coughs> at all were calling Trump crazy for having, um, you know, said that that he was being spied on. What the Durham report shows is that the uh, the FBI was was spying on him. Uh, they were trying to find some kind of dirt on him, and um, th- they were ignoring real problems and just going after Trump. And uh, I mean, it's but don't don't just take it from me or just from from Breitbart. Listen to what CNN had to say about the Durham report. Donald Trump and his supporters pinned their hopes on the investigation uh, by the former U.S. attorney for Connecticut. John Durham later named special counsel by Attorney General Bill Barr. Trump and his allies arguing that Durham would exonerate him and his 2016 campaign and associates from any hint of improper behavior regarding the Russian government's attempts to interfere in the 2016 election. Durham is coming was the slogan and the meme tweeted by Republican lawmakers uh, and the president's uh, family, hinting that Durham would lead to bombshell indictments of those who investigated Trump. Now, the bombshell indictments did not happen. Uh, Durham did get one minor court victory, two court losses. Uh, But President Trump appeared so confident of what Durham would find, he openly uh, pressured the special counsel to release his findings before the 2020 election. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Okay, well, you have faint praise from CNN, which is the most that, that a conservative can expect from uh, CNN, you know. But it exonerated Trump. You know. It's incredible. Where do you go to get your good reputation back? And um, a, a president has been slandered. A president has been smeared. A president has been lied about by the FBI, by the CIA, by news media, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, and even on Fox. 
with all this, if this information had come out before the election, President Trump could still be the president today. And I forgot to do my introduction, didn't I? About how Joe Biden is not the president. He is the thief in chief, the pretender to the throne. He's the king of crappers and dementia don. <laughs> how could I forget to throw that in there? And this just proves it. the whole government is out to get any conservative, is out to get Donald Trump. And if Trump is taken out of the way, uh, any way, shape, or form, if he doesn't uh, get elected, if, uh, if he meets an accident, if he gets shot, if he gets put into prison, then whoever else comes up to try to take his, his position, like Ron DeSantis will be vilified, lied about, smeared, and dragged through the dirt just as much as Trump was. And like Trump kept on saying, it's not really me that they're after. It's you, the conservative, the Republican. I'll even go further, the, the Democrat that wants a John Kennedy type of, of uh, administration. One where Kennedy doesn't get shot. Uh, by the way, how is Robert Kennedy doing these days? I saw a poll by Rasmussen where Kennedy and um, and Kennedy and Trump, Kennedy and Biden were, were in a statistical dead heat. Uh, Biden had 36 points out of this particular uh, poll and Kennedy had 35 so that's a statistical dead heat there. But I only heard about that once, and that was on alternative radio, alternative stations. Um, I, granted, I don't watch <laughs> uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, the, the lying media. Um, so... I don't know if it, if it got through the, the, the gatekeepers. I don't know if that got put out there. But wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> I guess Joe is just going to have to steal the uh, nomination away from, from Robert Kennedy. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go the way that his father did or the way that his uncle did. But... That would be too obvious, too brutal. They'll just have the news media coming out and making fun of the, the way his voice sounds. Um, which is too bad. I mean, he's got some kind of, of voice problem, some problem with his larynx. So he, he doesn't sound really good. And it, it's it's weird because he doesn't it sound confident, even though he's confident in what he's talking about. It, his voice just sounds shaky. So there was there was that. So this this Durham report shows that Trump was right. But unfortunately, you know, we don't we don't live in a parliamentary democracy where uh, you, you, you can take a, a vote of no confidence and force a vote. We're going to have to wait around for another 18 months before the vote comes, before the election day. And, oh, God, I hope that the Republican states clean up the voter rolls, get rid of early voting, get rid of uh, drop box crap and all that stuff. Because if we don't get rid of it, then we're going to have to do the same thing that the Democrats do. We're going to have to get down and get dirty and do all the drop box things. We're going to have to vote early, vote often, just like in Chicago. going to be wild 
It is going to be a wild thing. Be a lot of fun, too. <laughs> Looks like I've got someone who wants to talk about this, so let's see what's on their mind. Good caller, what you thinking about? Durham who? I'll tell you why I said Durham who, because we're all talking about the crisis that's coming with the debt ceiling. Oh, we breached well, that. That's no, important, oh. too. The whole country's going to go to hell. You ain't getting your Social Security. Notice how they take on Social Security every time. No Medicaid, no this, no that, no food stamps. Oh, this, this country's going down the toilet if Biden doesn't do this in the Republican. You know what I'm saying? Did you ever notice every time that something comes out that craps on the Democrats, they always come out with something to distract you? Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. They, they chose to emphasize this story rather than... I mean, this one was always coming... My problem oh, yeah. with the Durham report is why did it take you so long? Uh, it took him so long because that was part of the process. Yeah, people on the right, right, people on the right, don't want uh, Trump either. You know, so Durham took his time about this and drug it out. I'm surprised it's as dynamite as it is. It just needed to come out in 2018 or 2019, not 2023. Well, I think he took his time because he wanted to make sure he got it right. He didn't want anything in that report to be disputed uh, by the Democrats. He, you know, like there's a lady on uh, MSNBC. I can't remember her name, but she's a real crackpot. She looks like a female Herman Munster, if you ask me. Maddow? But she's been. <laughs> Maddow, that's it. Thank you very much, sir. She's been tooting all the Russia collusion with Trump for all these years. And even if, when the truth came up and reared her bitter in the butt, she's. Sitting there, ah, nah, 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 trying to dispute it, you know, trying to say that she was right and everyone else is wrong. She's got no ca mental capability to admit, uh, you know what, I did make a mistake here. You know, that's not journalistic. That's not journalistic integrity. That's being a wimp. Now, it, it, for example, okay, uh, my friend John Deanna, okay, he has a show there, you know, and, and he admits it, and, I, and every time, and, it, and he's true, if he says something that's wrong, he will pony up to it, he'll man up to it, and he'll, he'll present the truth. Why? Because that is good journalistic practice. Yeah, well, look, look, look at what Christina Amanpour did. She, she was berating her own, you know, her, her own uh, network for daring to have Trump on. And, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, he was the former president of the United States if he, and he'll probably be the nominee for the Republicans if they don't shoot him or throw him in jail. And even if they <laughs> yeah, throw him in jail, he can still run. Of course. You know, I mean, I yeah. read a book once. I forget the guy's name. Uh, Everybody for President. I think uh, I, I can't remember the author, but it was a very interesting book. I even ran for president one time. Did you know that? No. Oh, you gonna did, do did, did your mom before. vote for you? No. Did you have two votes? <laughs> Does it call? Yeah. Well, no. Well, I got one. At least I got me. But yeah. Uh, but it's easy to do it. It doesn't cost anything. You just get the the paperwork, like you know, like any other politician, or you don't even have to be a politician. I mean, people people ran their dogs and their cats and their canaries, and there's prisoners in prison doing this all the time. Is you that what like you call the, all the time? You're a wannabe politician. You want to be in the limelight. You want to be at the yeah. next. Well, this is what I think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Let well, me be perfectly know, clear here. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the thing that disappointed me about the Durham report is he had so much there that he could have put people in jail. He, he could have made indictments, but he didn't. Why? Why didn't he do that? And I don't really respect him. Yeah, sure, he came out with a great report, but he should have put some some grown-ads behind some it and said, "Okay, yep. Hillary Clinton, guess what? You better you better uh, get used to orange jumpsuits, okay? Because you're going to be wearing one for an awful long time, okay?" And Obama, and, and, and then, and then, then he him. would wind up dead. <laughs> no, of course, yeah, he, he would be he would be Clintonized or. Uh, you know, uh, what, like a what's the term? Clintonized, uh, you know? Yeah, Clintonized. Uh, Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's, like a, it's a disease that happens to any, everyone that, that gets on the wrong side of the Clintons. Arkansided, yeah. that's what it is. You'll be Arkansided. Oh, oh, yeah, that's it. That's right. Absolutely, or Clintonsided, yeah. 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 
It's true. I mean, you know, he'll end up like um, that, that, that. Well, he was a scumbag, but that Jeffrey Epstein, you know, he, Christmas orders don't hang themselves and neither, neither will. Uh, and Vince <laughs> Foster. And who was that guy? Uh, Rich something or other. Um, he, he just he was a worker for the for the DNC and he wound up dead one day. He's probably the guy that that gave all the information to the WikiLeaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Rich. Course. Was that his first name or last name? I'm not sure. Name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if it's his first or last name. But you're right. You're right. I mean, you're putting a life in your hands, literally, if you do anything against the Clintons or the Obamas or any of those other... Because they want to keep their grips on the power, and they want to keep people distracted, okay? It's, oh, it's uh, not just don't, the Clintons either. I mean, the Bidens are just as as bad. I mean, I, I don't think there's a kill list behind Biden, but, you know, they, they, they're, they're more subtle, I guess. Yeah. And, and as you say, he's a cheat. He's a cheat, you know. And and he's a he's a liar, and he, you know he's a racist. Everything you say that he is, but all his everything lefties, he accuses you of. That's exactly right. And you know what? They, and these people that are so entrenched in that. They will. They they're right, and you're wrong, regardless. You, you know, you can give them those. I read the Durham report. It's damning information. Let me tell you. But you give them the Durham report, it's like giving an atheist a holy Bible. Oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, oh, I just believe what I want to believe, you know? Seriously. It's a nothing burger. Oh, there's nothing here, nothing here. I don't need to read it. <laughs> exactly, you know, a nothing burger. You might as well get an empty wrapper at McDonald's. Seriously. Yeah. That's all it is. But I'll let you go because I know you probably got a lot more to say. Talk to you later, Jim. Have a okay, great weekend. Okay, thanks for the call. Talk to you later. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye now. Yep, bye. Yeah, so... There's so much to, and there's, there's more, because it, it, this just folds right into what's been going on with the FBI of late. But uh, I want to save that for when I come back from the break. Oh, let's let's talk a few minutes about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, she had herself a fun week, and yeah, we, we need more MTGs there on the on the Republican side. I'll tell you. Let's see. Yeah, from the New York Post. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduces impeachment articles against Biden. She unveiled articles of impeachment against President Biden on Thursday over his handling, or lack thereof, of the crisis at the southern border. It is with the highest amount of solemn Monday that I announce my intention to introduce articles of impeachment today on the head of this America last executive branch that has been working since January 20th, 2021, to systematically destroy this country, uh, said Green. She told the reporters at the Capitol. So... The firebrand congresswoman added the articles she introduced against Biden represent just the first round of purported offenses. And she said she hopes House Republicans can find additional charges to bring against the president. I mean, why stop at just the border? How about (laughs) all the influence peddling, the bribes that he's taken through Hunter, yes, and through other people in his family, like I said a couple weeks ago, we found out that his whole family was in. <laughs> it's a family business, <laughs> or as Hank Williams used to, Hank Williams Jr. said, "It's a family tradition." You know, everybody just takes a little bit of graft here, a little bit, a lot here. A lot over there in China and a lot in Ukraine. Yeah. But, so, I mean, uh, and then there's pedophilia. Uh, you could probably get them on that. And oh, let's, let's not forget about the documents that, that he took uh, as the vice president, which is different than the president taking documents. The, the president can declassify, not the vice president. So, <laughs> and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but uh, I've got to send her a letter because I'm just so proud of what she's doing. So, I guess that was Monday. On Tuesday, 
She introduced articles of impeachment against FBI Director Christopher Wray and D.C.-based U.S. Attorney uh, Matthew Graves for the pursuit of the January 6th protesters. A day later, which would be Wednesday, she went after Homeland Security um, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for dereliction of duty, which she described as his willful admittance, admittance of border, border crossers, terrorists, human traffickers, drugs, and other contraband. Let me read that sentence again. A day later, she went after Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for dereliction of duty, which she described as his willful admittance of border crossers, terrorists, human traffickers, drugs, and other contraband. He has failed to keep um, operational control of the border And then also on Wednesday, Wednesday was a busy day for her, she filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Mary Garland. Let me give her a hand for all that work. Yay! For facilitating the weaponization and politicization of the United States justice system against the American people. So she's had a busy week. That's in the New York Post, if you're interested in finding out about that. So, let me take a break here. <laughs> we got JR clapping. <laughs> MTG, OMGT. <laughs> uh, let me take a break, and we shall be back for more. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War.
Okay, welcome back to Dunn's Deal, the place where I do the dealing and I deal them fairly. Uh, if anyone wants to call and disagree with me and thinks that, uh, that Durham doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, feel free to call or on this next story about how the FBI, um, the whistleblower report, FBI used January 6th riot to mislead on domestic terrorism spike. A new House Republican report said whistleblower testimony reveals the FBI is categorizing cases stemming from the Capitol riot of January 6, 2020 in such a way as to mislead and artificially inflate the rise in domestic terrorism in the United States. The GOP said that whistleblowers assert that the FBI pressured agents to reclassify cases as domestic violence extremism, even manufactured DVE cases where they might not have otherwise existed, while manipulating its case categorization system to feign a national problem. So when you hear Joe Biden talking about uh, about uh, white nationalists, nationalists and uh, domestic terrorists being the, the worst problem in America today. Know it's a lie. Know that he's trying to ramp up a, a fake problem. He's trying to create a crisis so that the government can come in and take care of the solution, take care of the crisis. All the while ignoring a real crisis of the southern border being overrun, he's coming up with this fake crisis of white nationalism or neo-Nazis or whatever he wants to call them. And it just ties right in with the FBI is doing because the FBI is turning people that just walked through the, um, the vestibule there at the Capitol. And... Uh, they're going after them and they're they're persecuting them and they're prosecuting them, dragging them down to Washington, D.C., an ultra-liberal place that votes like 96% Democrat. So these people who are Republicans, they're Trump voters, when they get put in a jury that's not a jury of their peers, and I, I don't say that just because they, they vote differently <laughs> – these people hate Trumpers. <laughs> Look at the the jury pool that uh, that was in place for Roger Stone. Uh, two of the people on the jury were active anti-Trump haters, and the, the jury forewoman was an anti-Trump activist. How do you get a fair trial? When the 12 people trying you hate your guts. This, this piece from the, from the FBI, or this, this is actually from the Washington Examiner about the FBI. It really encapsulates how much the government hates the populace, hates the, the people. I, I dare say they even hate the uh, Democrat voters. But... You know, you're useful right now because you helped to vote in Democrats. But uh, I don't think they have much concern for your their own voters. Look at what they're doing in New York and in Chicago. The um, illegal aliens, and yes, I said illegal, get dumped there, rightly so, because you're a sanctuary city. You know, you're castigating Republicans for not wanting the illegals to be flooding in. And then when they come flood your place, it's like it's not even a flood. It's a trickle. You get a couple hundred instead of thousands upon thousands. And you don't want to have them there. Not in my backyard all of a sudden. And remember Martha's Vineyard when DeSantis uh, Governor DeSantis from Florida had sent a busload of of uh, the illegals to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, they were there for one day. Next morning, 
they were out to was it Fort Hanson? Uh, you know, they, they were put back into a bus, shipped off of of Martha's Vineyard, and sent to a, a defunct army base in Mass. But of course, that was the hoity-toities there. But in Chicago, uh, the Chicagoans they lost a daycare center and a um, a, a summer um, a field, a practice field for for sports there. You know, for the kids to have a place to go and be safe during the the summer months when they're off from school. That got taken and is now occupied by illegals. And the people in Chicago were up in arms. And Chicago is another one of those places where they vote about 90% for the Democrats there. So the government has it in for Trumpers and for Republicans, but they also have it in for everybody. Let me go on with this uh, story here. Jordan's report, that would be Jim, Representative Jim Jordan, his report said whistleblowers contend that the FBI's Washington field office was categorizing capital riot cases to make the rise in domestic violent um, exercises, domestic violent extremists cases look more like a national problem rather than a significant amount of it stemming from one violent riot in the nation's capital over two years ago. So instead of it being one incident that happened, it was a one-time event that happened in Washington two years ago. Uh, They're creating domestic violent extremists in in Seattle, in in Phoenix, in Houston, in Atlanta, you know, all over, name a city, name a town, and the FBI will find a problem. They'll even find a problem if you go to complain at a, a local PTA meeting. You might get ratted out to the FBI as a uh, DVE. A domestic violent extremist. And all you're doing is objecting to <laughs> to some pervert, some pervert dude going into the girl's locker room and raping your child like what happened in Loudoun, Virginia. And, of course, he was just moved on to a different school and he did it again. Don't take care of the problem. Just move it on. Isn't that what... Uh, that the Catholic Church did with their pedophile priests. <laughs> they would find out about some abuses, and instead of dealing with the problem, they just moved them to a new parish where we would do it again. Uh, weird. Let's see. Ordinarily, the FBI characterizes and labels cases according to the originating field office, uh, with leads cut to other field offices for specific assistance within that geographical location. With the January 6th cases, however, the FBI has not followed this ordinary procedure, which would have resulted in the Washington field office leading the investigation and characterized the investigations as uh, WFO cases. So they made cases all over the country. Okay. And... Let's see. FBI Director Christopher Ray testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee in August that the number of FBI investigations of suspected uh, domestic violence extremists has more than doubled since the spring of 2020. FBI agent Stephen Friend contended to the House investigators that the manipulative case file practice creates false and misleading crime statistics because instead of hundreds of investigations stemming from one single black swan incident at the Capitol, FBI and Justice Department officials point to significant increases in domestic violent extremism and terrorism around the United States. So one incident becomes thousands. And it skews the information. That's why Biden can get up in his speeches and say, 
that domestic violent extremism is getting worse because you had one incident. Now, you had a million people there at, at the um, at the rally, the Stop the Steal rally that day on January 6th. I was there. I know it was a lot. You know, there, there were tons and tons of people. So it would be very easy to incite a riot, which is what the cops did. Oh, which was one of the things that these agents, they were saying a lot, but one of the things that the agents said the FBI was complaining about, they didn't want Tucker Carlson having the uh, tapes of January 6th because the tapes show uh, the field agents in the crowd. And you have to ask the question, or at least I'm going to ask it, were those field agents, were those FBI agents the ones provoking the fights? The ones leading the charge? Kind of like Ray Epps? Hmm. Remember him? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, there is so much stuff that, that was being... Oh, <laughs> and there there are actually some good guys in the FBI. <laughs> there there were three whistleblowers. There's more than that, but only three guys, you know, dared to speak up because then they got their heads chopped off, and other guys are going, hmm, not so much. They go get my mouth shut. <sighs> but there's one guy, not friend, um, uh, O'Boyle. His last name is O'Boyle. If I see his full name here, I'll, I'll read it out. But um, he, he, he argued that they were mishandling the cases, that they, they shouldn't be creating thousands of cases. There should be one case with a thousand participants. It's just a one-time event. And... You know, it, it was raising a stink about that. So the uh, FBI moved him out from, uh, from, he was in Kansas City, and they moved him to Langley, Virginia. Now, that, that sounds like it's a plum assignment, except, and he's got three or four kids, all, all girls. So they, they send him to Langley, and, uh, you know, he gets there. On the second day that he was there, um, he didn't get fired, but they took his uh, privileges away. His, uh, I guess they took his badge away and, and stuff. He, but he's technically not fired, so he can't go and get a new job. But also, since the FBI was moving him, they were in charge of the moving van that moved his stuff. And somehow the moving van got lost. His family didn't have furniture or clothing. They didn't have a home either. <laughs> so they, they were nothing. They were stranded out on the streets in a place they don't know. And, um, oh, his wife had just had a brand new baby girl like two weeks before. So you've got a brand, you've got a, a, a wife with a brand new baby and all the complications that, that that brings just naturally. They're in a brand new city. The husband, uh, he isn't fired, but he's not making money. And uh, they don't have a home. Where do they go? What do they do? The FBI intentionally screwed them. Because he was a whistleblower. And, uh, you know, other guys have been fired, uh, lost their positions. Um, and the FBI is very vindictive. Uh, they, they will attack you if you dare to, um, to raise a stink about how they do things. And especially if you raise constitutional issues about how they're handling things. House weaponization panel hears FBI whistleblowers amid delaying tactics by the Democrats. Yeah, and the Democrats are playing parliamentary games. 
They're trying to say that these whistleblowers are not whistleblowers. And so they, they have to give up all their information to the Democrats as well as to the Republicans. Well, these whistleblowers don't want to talk to the Democrats because they know that anything they say will be used against them, will be manipulated, will be lied about, and will be leaked to the press. Oh, brother. <laughs> this one House Democrat, uh, she, uh, she found a, a Twitter, um, uh, Twitter tweet, a, a tweet from a guy by the name of Marcus Allen. That was, that was one of the uh, FBI agents that was blowing the whistle. But she found a tweet that was from another uh, person with the same name. <laughs> and um, so she's accusing him of writing this thing. And it's, I guess it said something derogatory about, uh, about Nancy Pelosi. During a questioning of suspended FBI staff operations specialist Marcus Allen, Sanchez asked, uh, have you ever used Twitter? Yes or no? I've used Twitter. Yes, ma'am, Alan says. Let's see. Failed to. Sanchez read out the name of an account, which was Alan's first name and a string of numbers. That's absolutely not my account, Alan responded. Okay, that's not your account, she said. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, that's not my account, ma'am, Allen said again. You haven't let me finish the question, sir, Sanchez shot back. You haven't let me finish the question, and it's my time. On December, 20, uh, December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th. Retweet if you agree. Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? No, ma'am, that's not my account at all, Alan responded. I'm asking whether you agree with that statement. Yes or no, Sanchez asked once more. <laughs> Alan ultimately answered Sanchez by saying that he did not agree with the tweet shared by the account. I mean, how stupid is that? You've got a tweet from uh, the wrong person... I'm sure that there's uh, another James Dunn somewhere out there, and someone could accuse me. Actually, they'd probably accuse them of saying something I said on, on the radio here. <laughs> Do you agree with Dunn's deal? <laughs> Better watch out. You will get thrown in leg irons. Arr, matey. So, but the FBI is going after Catholics who oppose abortion and to stand outside of, of abortion facilities and pray or, or offer uh, other choices. Um, the, F, the FBI is going after people that disagree with, uh, with Pre President Biden, <laughs> with Joe Biden. Uh, those that want the border, the southern border, closed tight. Yeah, that makes you a domestic terrorist, a nationalist, a white nationalist, a neo-Nazi. Yeah, incredible. So anyhow, <laughs> getting down to the last couple minutes of the show. Did you hear that Bud Light wants to win back disgruntled fans with a new branding move? Ooh. <laughs> it's funny. 20, 30 years of, of good commercials, of funny commercials, of patriotic ones, of ones celebrating uh, Christmas. And they ruined it with one little stunt. And, you know, I, I think it's a hopeless cause for Bud to get the customers back. Because it's lousy beer. <laughs> On top of bringing Dilla Mulvaney in there to try to help you sell it. 
Anyhow, the saga of Woke Beer's trudges on as, Amer- as all-American beer maker Anheuser-Busch um, get the free report. Okay, The company's famous Bud Light beer has been on the receiving end of a boycott thanks to a promotional ad featuring transgender TikTok celebrity Dylan Mulvaney. In the wake of the controversy, Anheuser-Busch has been eager to distance itself from the issue entirely. Okay, so here, here's the upshot. And I should be setting myself up for the close, shouldn't I? Budweiser and Bud Light aluminum bottles. By the way, aluminum is, is bad for you. You'd be better off with, with glass bottles. Uh, anyhow, Budweiser and Bud Light aluminum bottles are reportedly being redesigned with a special camouflage print pattern usually associated with sport hunting and uh, infantry movements. (laughs) According to the New York Post source, the cans can also feature images of Folds of Honor scholarship program, which helps fund education for families of fallen and disabled U.S. military and first responders. Uh, it's, It's incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I keep coming back to this. it's another dumb commercial that I hear, but it it talks about um, about trust and how hard it is to build trust, but how easy it is to lose it. And you know, every time I hear that commercial, I think, yeah, uh, just think Bud Light, just think Disney Pictures. Oh. And Miller Lite's going down the same path, too. <laughs> they came out with an ad in, in uh, I guess it was March, Women's Month. Oh, and next month is Pride Month. Just remember, pride goeth before a fall, says the Holy Bible. So, yeah, and Miller Lite, they, <laughs> they got this arrogant feminist comedian who I've never heard of um, coming out and just insulting the beer brand insulting beer drinkers and it's it's stupid, it's ridiculous so Miller Lite is another beer to not buy this weekend if you go out and buy some adult beverages remember, no Bud Light no Miller Lite. You'll have to go for real beer. Guinness Stout. There you go. <laughs> Meaty. That's a complete meal in the glass right there. Yes, it is. You don't need food. Just stout. been listening to Dunn's Deal with author James Dunn. Join James every Friday at 6.05 for a unique perspective on today's issues. But for now, this is a Dunn Deal. Only on your voice in the Blackstone Valley. WNRI, Woonsocket.